Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 540 for the 23rd of April, 2017. This week, the latest version of Alien Skin's Exposure X2 adds powerful new layering capabilities, export functions, and support for more camera raw versions. If you think rebooting a Windows computer is too complicated, what would you think of a single-click solution? In short circuits, the hacker group called Shadow Brokers recently released information about what it calls new Windows exploits. But Microsoft says patches were already in place for all of them. I have written the third, and I hope final, episode in The Tale of the Mouse. In spare parts, only on the website, a survey shows what information we're willing to share with companies to gain access to bargains or better customer support. And now it's possible to order a sandwich from Subway using Facebook. Skin has just released an update to Exposure X2, and despite the many new features, it is a free update to those who have Exposure X2 installed. The key new feature is the ability to add non-destructive layers to images. Before looking at the ability to use layers, let's see what else is new in Exposure X2.5, though. A quick export function makes it possible to export multiple versions of an image for different uses, Images destined for the web might be relatively small JPEGs that are stored in one directory, while the same image for use in publishing could be large, high-quality resolution TIFFs in another directory. This could be a big time saver for those who have a workflow that requires multiple versions of their images. Alien Skin has added support for more raw formats and more cameras. The options for manual lens corrections have also been enhanced. Presets, always Exposure's strongest feature, have new options. And high DPI monitors are now supported. This is an important consideration for those who spend a lot of money to upgrade to 4K monitors, only to find that they need a magnifying glass to read information on the user interface. But the most significant new feature is clearly the new layering tools that can be used with masks to control specific areas of an image. The opacity of layers can be modified to make the change more subtle, and because the changes are applied to layers instead of the original image, users can always return to the original images and modify the settings or delete them. If you have Exposure X2 now, the upgrade is free. Upgrading from a previous version costs $100. New buyers will pay $150. There's also a free 30-day trial. Alien Skin's online tutorials help users get off to a good start. Fundamental adjustments like color toning, sharpening, and exposure are typically added to the first layer. Spot healing is also usually handled on that lowest layer. Then dodging, burning, maybe adding a vignette or a bokeh effect, and other enhancements such as film grain are added to subsequent layers. In addition to controlling the layer's effect with masks and transparency, the user can move filters up and down in the stack, duplicate them, or turn individual layers off. 
For one of my tests, the one you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, I elected to start, as I often do, with a photograph of a cat, Chloe, in a box. In short order, I discovered that I can use the second screen for a full-size view of the image. The screen capture, which you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, shows both the left screen with the thumbnails and controls and the right screen with the full-size image. I had a box on the bed, and Chloe, being a cat, had decided that I must have placed it there specifically for her to occupy, and so that's exactly what she did. The original image was an adequate snapshot, but there were clearly some opportunities for easy improvements. For example, although the background is already out of focus by virtue of my choice of a wide aperture on the lens, I thought it could be blurred more. The white box that's on the left beside the cat is so bright that it distracts from Chloe, and Chloe doesn't like it when things distract from her. Additionally, her eyes are darker and less yellow than they are in real life. And those are the changes that I set out to make. The key to all of those changes, and to most changes made on any photograph, is subtlety. The cat's eyes don't need to emit scorching laser beams that cut through quarter-inch steel plating at a thousand yards. They simply need to be somewhat brighter and more yellow. You'll see a comparison before and after on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And I used only four layers. The bottom layer handles the basic changes, color, overall exposure, contrast, and things like that. The second layer is the adjustment for the eyes, and just the eyes. Next, I burned the background areas to make them darker while leaving the cat untouched. We wouldn't want to burn Chloe, after all. And the top layer is bokeh. Instead of using a filter to control it, I used the bokeh effect's built-in controls. So you'll see the final image on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Exposure X 2.5 can be used as a standalone program or as a set of plugins inside Photoshop CS6, Lightroom 6, or Creative Cloud 2015 or later. Exposure can be installed on two computers, either a Mac or a PC, or one of each. Mac users need to have OS 10, 10.10, that's Yosemite, or later. And Windows users need a 64-bit version of Windows 7, 8, or 10. Alien Skin software has been around since 1993. The company says it distills advanced math and cutting-edge research into creative tools that help you quickly bring your vision to life. That seems like a pretty fair and accurate description. So the bottom line for Alien Skin's Exposure 2, five cats, the normal rating for Alien Skin, it's an exciting update to one of my favorite programs. Layers and fully non-destructive editing make Exposure X2 essential for professional photographers, and the value of the modest price and extensive capabilities put it well within reach of amateurs who just want to improve their images. Additional details are available on the Alien Skin website. You'll find a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Some people make fun of Microsoft for putting the shutdown command on the start button. It's really not such a goofy idea. I mean, when you shut down your car, what do you do? You use the ignition key. 
That's the same thing you use to start the car. So Microsoft gets a break for doing essentially the same thing. Still, some improvement is possible. Shutting Windows down requires at least two clicks. Start menu and then shut down for Windows 7 or start menu power button shut down for Windows 10. Wouldn't it be nice to do it with a single click? Oh, and yeah, I know there are some hardware functions that can be used. For many computers, long pressing the power switch will shut Windows down, but holding the power switch a little too long might also cut power to the system without a proper shutdown. Another possible solution involves creating a special shortcut that can be placed on the desktop in the quick launch bar if you display it, or on the taskbar, or all three places if you want. Let's assume you want to place this on the desktop. So right-click on the desktop, select New from the context menu, and then Shortcut from the flyout menu. This will open a dialog box. Next, you'll be asked to type the location of the shortcut. This is misleading. It's really asking for the command. So you'd want to type shutdown space forward slash s space forward slash t space zero and then press next. Then you'll be asked for a name. Enter something like shutdown and click finish. Now when you want to shut the computer down, just double click the shutdown icon on the desktop. If you'd like a similar icon that'll reboot the computer, Follow the same process, but instead of shutdown slash S, make it shutdown slash R slash T zero, and give it the name Restart. How's this magic work? Well, the shutdown command is built into Windows, and it accepts a lot of arguments. Arguments are components such as that slash S and slash T. The first one, slash S, tells the command that you want to shut down the computer. The second one, the slash T space zero, specifies you want the action to happen immediately. Time, zero delay. So if you want to delay the process, just change the value that follows the slash T. The number is in seconds, and it will accept anything from zero to 315,360,000. That's approximately 10 years, not accounting for leap years. If you've ever started the shutdown process and then decide you really don't want to proceed, Maybe you should have another icon that will halt the process in its tracks. This works only during the timeout period, so you'll need to set a time other than zero when you create the shutdown and reboot shortcuts. If you set it to slash T space 5 or slash T space 10, you'll have 5 or 10 seconds during which you can halt the process. And the abort icon should point to shutdown forward slash A. In short circuits, shadow brokers, a shady group of hackers, apparently attempted to stun the world by releasing 300 megabytes of exploits aimed at Windows PCs and servers. Microsoft, though, says that most of the exploits had already been patched, some of them several years ago. According to a message posted by Microsoft Security Group Manager Philip Meisner, 
The Microsoft Security Response Center procedure for dealing with threats like these starts by determining whether the reported threats are legitimate. When that's been done, engineering teams establish a schedule for fixing the issues, taking into consideration the time to fix it across any impacted product or service, as well as versions, the potential threat to customers, and the likelihood of exploitation. All but three of the threats had been dealt with by previous patches, and the ones that hadn't been dealt with could not be reproduced on any supported platforms. Key point here is that supported platforms. Users who are running Windows 7 or later versions of the operating system need not worry. Likewise, organizations that are using Exchange 2010 and later are safe. Earlier versions of the operating system or Outlook can be attacked, and Meisner says those users should update as soon as they can. This is one of the primary reasons that users should always install security updates and migrate to newer versions of the operating systems and applications when the versions they are using are no longer supported. Remember the misbehaving mouse? The one that ran around as if being pursued by a large, hungry cat when I used the scroll wheel? After several attempts to get the mouse to behave, I finally found the source of the problem, and as with most cases like this, in retrospect, it probably should have been obvious. The mouse made its first appearance on the 26th of March when I described the addition of a registry key for the Synaptics mouse driver. That's the one that's used with the built-in trackpad. A 10 forums article suggested finding HK Local Machine Software Synaptics SYNTP install key and changing the value to zero to keep Windows from resetting the scroll wheel at boot time. I did that, but the problem still returned sporadically. Then on the 2nd of April, the mouse was back and I said I was still looking for the problem. Following the Windows update to the Creators Edition, I found that the new registry key was gone that's common when Windows is upgraded. I re-enabled the registry key that turned off caps lock and scroll lock, but I didn't change the synaptics key. The scroll wheel on the mouse still went berserk occasionally. Then while looking for something else, I found that a Logitech mouse driver was still installed and functioning. I'd had a Logitech mouse previously, and that was the aha moment. Removing the Logitech software resolved the problem more or less. Now, ideally, that would have occurred to me when I replaced the Logitech mouse with a Microsoft mouse, but it would be even better if the Microsoft installer would have mentioned a potential conflict. So now the mouse is more or less relaxed and complacent. When I take it out for a stroll, it goes exactly where I want it to, most of the time. You see something else coming here, right? Yep, but wait, there's more. The mouse also needs to have the Microsoft Mouse and Keyboard Center application running. When that application is active, doesn't have to be open, just has to be running, the mouse always behaves. When it's not, the mouse sometimes misbehaves. 
Now, this is not unlike the difference one might expect in a voodoo ceremony to differentiate between swinging the chicken in a clockwise motion instead of a counterclockwise motion. But you won't need a motion of any sort for spare parts, only on the website. This week, a survey shows what information we're willing to share with companies to gain access to bargains or better customer support. And now it's possible to order a sandwich from Subway using Facebook. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.